Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646 727 That's 646 You can listen to the show blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. Hit me up on iHeartRadio, iHeart.com, also goforradio.com. A lot of different places to check me out, to check this show out, to talk some little sports and have a little fun doing it. Great show lined up for you today. Expect to be joined by Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. So you know he's around. So you know it's basketball time. You know it's uh, – Time to talk NBA playoffs, which is a great time of the year. And so let's get right down to it. NBA playoffs get started tomorrow. And coming into this season, coming in, we, we look at last year. We look at last year's playoffs. Coming into last year's playoffs, the thought was, okay, Golden State in the West, Cleveland in the East. Those two teams we're on a collision course. And ultimately, that happened. What we expected, what we thought, happened. There really wasn't any type of suspense, so to speak. So this year, it's a totally different situation. A totally different situation. Because this year, out east, I can make arguments for four different teams, Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, I mean, and, and Raptors. I can make four, I can make a case for those four teams. I look at West, there still kind of is a level of predictability in the Western Conference. I still feel like, barring injury, Golden State gets to the NBA Finals, but I will say this, Houston, a 60-plus win team a year ago, didn't start off that way, but slowly and slowly, they look like that team. They look like that team that we saw a year ago. They're, they're looking a lot like that team. So I believe that Houston definitely has a shot to beat the Golden State Warriors. They most definitely do. Houston has a shot. Denver, not yet. Not yet. To me, the team that has the biggest shot is the Houston Rockets. Outside of Houston, maybe OKC. It may be Denver. Denver and OKC outside of Houston have a shot to beat the Golden State Warriors. But I don't – I just look at this team and they're still – Better than everybody else. They're still better. But I will say, they, you know, they're, they're not, they look more beatable than they have in the past. They, they definitely look more beatable. And it wouldn't be shocking if, say, the Nuggets or the Rockets beat the Golden State Warriors. And the Rockets, if they get by the Jazz, which I think they will, We'll see Golden State in the second round because there ain't no way the Clippers are beating the Golden State Warriors in the first round of the playoffs. It ain't happening. But the West, you know, it, it's still Golden State. And there are teams, again, Houston, Denver, OKC, 
that might be able to beat the Golden State Warriors. But I think Golden State is a favorite in each and every one of their series in the Western Conference. Look at the East. And to me, the East is very, very, very intriguing. It is super wide open. For for those of you who, who complain about the predictability of the NBA and, and say that, you know, we all know what's going to happen at the end of the day when it's all said and done, we already know what's going to happen. It, it's really no suspense, no anything. The Eastern Conference is for you. Because if you look at the Eastern Conferences, again, as I said before, as I said in the beginning, Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, Boston. And if Oladipo was healthy, you might be able to throw the Indiana Pacers in the mix on a lower level. But I look at the East, and that second round is when it's all going to heat up. It's going to heat up when Philly and Toronto meet up. It's going to heat up when Boston and Milwaukee meets up. That's when it heats up. And coming into these playoffs, we're, we're looking at the Bucks. You know, they're banged up a little bit. Uh, you got Brogdon, who is, is, is coming back from injury. We'll see when he comes back. You also have uh, uh, <clears throat> you also have Miritich, and we'll see what happens there with him. He might be available for game one. Might be. So we'll see what that happens. We'll see what happens with that. But, you know, they're a little banged up. Philly's a little banged up. You know, you have the situation with Joel Embiid. He, there's some uncertainty about his availability in game one. At this point, he is doubtful for game one. So we'll see what happens there. Obviously, Philadelphia needs Joel Embiid if they want to get to the NBA Finals. They can beat the Brooklyn Nets without Embiid. And so it is important to have them, not necessarily for this series, but for the next series. They'll be okay without Embiid in series number one. They won't be okay in series number two without Joel Embiid. Not happening. So you look at Philly, they have some injury concerns. Boston, smart. His, you know, He's going to be out. At least until the second round, they're saying could miss the first two what first two rounds of the playoffs. So that's an issue. That's definitely an issue. And if you're the Toronto Raptors, you look at the Toronto Raptors now. OGN and Obi, uh, a key bench guy, emergency appendectomy. So he's out indefinitely. So that's a guy that they rely on coming off the bench. So you look at the top four teams in the Eastern Conference, and they're coming into these playoffs a little banged up. Fortunately for the big four, if you will, in the Eastern Conference, their first-round matchups won't be that bad. It won't be that much of an issue. Philly, without Embiid, still beats the Brooklyn Nets. Instead of beating them in five, which I thought they would with Embiid, maybe it's six. Maybe you get an extra game. Maybe. Toronto, they'll win their series. They should have no issues, no problems with the Orlando Magic. Maximum that goes is five. Milwaukee should have no issues with the Detroit Pistons, especially with the uncertainty with Blake Griffin. That's an issue for the Detroit Pistons. And even if Detroit had Blake Griffin, probably wouldn't have mattered much anyway because Milwaukee dominated the Pistons in the regular season. I mean, that's not always the go-to, and that's not always – that doesn't mean everything. It doesn't necessarily mean everything. But it means a little something. And based on records, Milwaukee is the better basketball team. So, fortunately for Buck, for the Bucks, for the Raptors, for the Sixers and the Celtics, even though they have some injury concerns, fortunately for them, they'll be okay in the first round. Moving forward, could be an issue. 
especially if some of these guys don't come back, especially if Philly doesn't have them beat back. I mean, Toronto, can they can be okay without Ananobi. I mean, uh, Milwaukee, they can be okay without Brogdon, but they will need him at some point in time. But they, be, they can be okay without. Boston can be okay without Smart, but Philly cannot be okay without Joel Embiid. Joel they can't do it. We'll see what happens. We're going to bring in a guy now. Playoff time. Time to talk some playoffs. We're going to bring him in now. Riding University assistant basketball coach, Marlon Gill. Marlon. TG, what's up, man? How are you? Doing great, man. Doing great. You know, I'm always ready for this time of year, man. Oh, it's a great time of the year. It's getting a little hot. The sun is out a little longer. We got some NBA playoffs. And it should be great, great playoffs. It should be very, very exciting. So let's get right down to it. Uh, Let me ask you this. Looking at the Eastern Conference, and obviously it's a big four in the East with the Bucks, the Raptors, the Sixers, and the Celtics. You can argue on paper Boston might have the most talent. Toronto maybe has the most talent. You could argue that definitely Philadelphia has the best starting lineup. And you could argue that the Milwaukee Bucks have the best player. But let me ask you this. Who has the best chance in your mind out of that big four in the Eastern Conference? I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks, man. Uh, and, and you kind of touched on it uh briefly right right before I got on, you know, a, a lot of these teams are, are facing injuries. You know, obviously the Sixers, uh, MB being doubtful for game one is huge. Uh, and I, I think it probably gives the Nets an advantage in game one. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Raptors not having Ananobi is, is big, you know, and then you still don't know Kawhi is. Everybody's doing the uh, – missing the game because of resting, and you never know how that's going to play out. Um, obviously, now it's the playoff time. Guys got to step up, and, you know, that's what you get paid the big bucks for. But, um, you know, I'm probably going to have to go with Milwaukee. I think the way they've been playing all year uh, in the East, they've just stepped up to every challenge uh, this season. And I know – I hate saying this because uh, the Pistons, they got my guy over there at center, but, um, you know, I, I'm going to have to go with Milwaukee, man, as the, uh, you know, the team to beat in, in the East. They're just playing with a lot of confidence right now, and, and you can see that. Uh, you know, it's not just Giannis. You, you got to worry about Bledsoe. Uh, Brogdon, before he got hurt, was playing at, at a high level. Uh, you know, so there's just so many different pieces that they have that they can beat you with. And they all like playing together. That's important. You know, people forget that sometimes, that having that chemistry on on the court is just as important as having the talent. So, you know, I I think the way Milwaukee's playing right now, the way they played all year, uh, if if you ask me, um, is just playing with a lot of confidence right now and ready to make a run. So let me ask you this. You know, you you talk about the Bucs, and and, and they are playing – some decent basketball of late. And, you know, we look at Milwaukee, 60 wins, and obviously they're a big-time basketball team. Man for man, let me ask you this, man for man, in terms of talent, I mean, there's a lot of talent in Philly, Toronto, Boston, and in Milwaukee as well. If you ask me, on paper, you can argue that the Celtics have the most talent. But let me ask you this, who do you feel has the most talent in the Eastern Conference? Uh, you know, I would say the Celtics have the most talent, but the Bucks have the talent. Uh, and, you know, what we're seeing with Giannis, I think, is uh, it's just a scratch, a scratch of the surface, if that makes sense. I think uh, Coach Budenholzer coming over there, you know, he did a great job in Atlanta with the Hawks. And, you know, he's doing that again with the Bucks. Um you know, and just pieces just fit perfectly uh, for, for them. Um, a trade that's not being talked about or a player that's not being talked about was them getting uh, Stanley Johnson for uh, Don Maker. I, I thought that that was big uh, because Stanley fits what they needed at, at the time. A guy that's not a superstar, probably not even a star, but 
in the role that he plays now with Milwaukee, he's a third, fourth, fifth, maybe even sixth option. Whereas in Detroit, he was a third option, you know, behind Dre Drummond, behind Blake Griffin. Uh, you know, some people would even took him ahead of Reggie Jackson. So, you know, now you're putting a guy like him in a position to be your fourth, fifth, sixth option. It just gives you more weapons, man, uh, you know, from top to bottom. So I'll say, you know, the Celtics have a lot of talent, but Milwaukee's talent collectively, I think, just uh, takes over that top spot. Let me ask you this. I mean, it looks like if if all things work out the way we think they're going to work out, Milwaukee Mm -hmm. will face the Celtics in the second round. In your opinion, you know, you say Milwaukee has the best chance. Which team would have the best chance of knocking off the Bucks? Raptors, Celtics, or Sixers? With that, I'm going to go to Raptors. Okay. Because the, the Raptors just have grittier guys, uh, I, I think, you know, on, on the defensive end. You know, and we still don't know the severity of Marcus Smart's injury. So that's huge. Uh, but and the Raptors, you got guys that can go get buckets on the offensive end and can go get that stop on the defensive end True. if need be. And, and, you know, we all know in the playoffs, man, that that's what it's going to come down to, who can get those stops. You know, we saw it in uh, 93. The Bulls got the stop against Charles Smith. I still ain't forgot that. So, <laughs> you know, who's going to get the stops? And I think the the, the Raptors can do that. Uh, and overtake the Celtics to give Milwaukee a run for their money. So, speaking of, you, you talk about the Raptors, and speaking of the Raptors, it's imperative, in my opinion, that they have a decent run in these playoffs, not only obviously because you want to get to that next level, but also because what could happen with Kawhi Leonard. You're still trying to sell Toronto to Kawhi Leonard. So, to me, it's important for Toronto for that reason to try to, you know, make a long playoff run. And I think they can do it. I think they can at least get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And we'll, we'll see what happens after that. So let me ask you this. Ben Simmons, you know, last year, this was a guy who struggled mightily against the Boston Celtics. And, you know, we everybody criticized the guy because his inability to shoot. Not only – does he not shoot? But obviously his jumper does seem like it's just awkward. It's just not functional. It def- he definitely needs to see a shot doctor at some point in time. But he just doesn't shoot the ball, and it refuses to shoot a jump shot. But let me ask you this. In terms of the pressure, is the pressure on Ben Simmons in these playoffs? I don't think there's any pressure on Ben Simmons. The only pressure he has is if – that big fell in the middle is not playing, uh, okay. you know. But even with that, I, I think that's why Elton Brand and kudos to him, you know, brought in a, a Tobias Harris, brought in a Jimmy Butler, guys that can put the ball in, in, in the basket and have proven it in, in this league that they can do so. Um, and so I, I think Ben Simmons not being able to shoot, uh, it's not really an, an, an issue because if you space them okay, he can go back, and chances are he's going to be bigger than a lot of guys that's defending him. So now the defense has to collapse in, and if they collapse in, well, I'm hitting J.J. Redick open for three. I'm hitting Jimmy Butler open for a 17-footer. I'm hitting Tobias Harris for a 17-footer. So, you know, all those things just make it more dangerous. And then if MB comes back, weak side bigs come to help on my post-ups. I'm dumping it off to him as well. So, you know, I don't think he necessarily has to shoot because you got other guys around you that, that can make shots. And, you know, once uh, Embiid comes back, if, uh, depending on when he comes back, he can make perimeter shots. So if you got four other guys around you that can make shots and you can't make them, but you can make passes and you can find guys, it's no pressure at all. The, pre- the pressure for him right now is just to get the first win. Once they get the first win, things will come easier for him. We're talking to Rider University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. So you feel there's no pressure on Ben Simmons. I do feel there's nah, some the, the, pressure. On nah, the, go ahead. The, the, I, I think that the pressure will come from 
Sixers fans like yourself, man. Am I allowed to say that on air? Or, or For sure. No, For sure. It, 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 I think all the pressure comes from the fans. But if I'm Ben Simmons, I'm not – I'm not feeling anything. Uh, you know, I got four snipers around me that can make shots at all times. And, you know, uh, Brett Brown's not going to put him in a position to to fail. He hasn't put him in a position to fail uh, the past two years. So, you know, I, I think uh, all that goes out the window, man. It's just a matter of how can he pick teams apart with his passing ability, scoring in the paint and uh, pushing the ball in the transition. So let me ask you this. Can can he be the guy that many expected him to be, a generational talent without a jump shot? Uh, You know what? Yeah. And who's the guy we compare him to a lot? We compare him to LeBron. We compare him to Magic. Last time I checked, Magic couldn't shoot. You know, that set shot was – he had to have guys five feet away from him. You know, LeBron couldn't shoot when he first got in. You know, just something that you continue to work on. Some guys have it, some guys don't, but I don't foresee it as a problem. You know what? Give me Ben Simmons. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I will say, you know, Magic didn't have the best jumper, I agree. Um, LeBron, you know, didn't have the best jumper when they came in as well. But it seems like those guys shot it. Ben doesn't even shoot it. I mean, he just refuses to shoot. It's, it's just, it seems like a, a obviously it's a, a confidence issue on some level, but he doesn't even shoot it. So, I mean. Hey, hey, you know what? Would, would we be talking about his shot if everything wasn't magnified and scrutinized with social media and all these cable channels that, that we have now? You, you know, I, I get it. I, I just think that's you know, a, a lot of hype that's blown out of proportion, man, fr- from time to time. Man. It's a lot of guys that can't shoot that can still go get a bucket. G- game's on the line, and he can go get you a bucket. All right. So we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens in these playoffs. I mean, he is an all-star, and I, I do believe he's a generational talent, but I do believe ultimately he has to get a – the jump shot doesn't have to be great. just has to be okay. And I think he can get it to that point. May not, it's not going to happen this year, but I think he can definitely get it to that point. And that's all I think we want him to do at this point. So let me ask you this. Going back to the Celtics for a second. I mean, coming into this year, there was a lot of talk about this basketball team. This team is going to get to the finals. You know, this team can win it all. The talent, you know, Brad Stevens, you know, talk about him as a big-time coach, so on and so forth. But this team, the Boston Celtics, we look at them throughout the course of the regular season. It was a team that didn't seem like they enjoyed playing with each other. It was a team that seemed like the parts didn't necessarily fit together. Just like you talk about the Bucks and how the parts seem to fit together. The parts don't seem to fit together for the Boston Celtics. But at the end of the day, they have Kyrie Irving. They have Brad Stevens. They have still a lot of talent on that roster, Jason Tatum. I mean, the list goes on and on. Can the Celtics fix things in these playoffs? Brad Stevens is going to earn his money this year. But last year was great, you know, uh, even with, you know, Hay was going down with his injury, Kyrie missing the playoffs, and it was uh, – it, it, it was the, the honeymoon stage of a, of a marriage. Now, you know, seeing the 10, 15-year mark where everybody looks at each other like, damn, you're still here? I, I really think that that's what the Celtics are, are, are going through. Uh, in, you know, you mentioned uh, Tatum, you know, Kyrie, uh, Morris, you know, Jalen Brown, all these guys are talented individually, but how can they make it work collectively? Um, and that's where Brad Stevens and his staff got to come into play. You got to figure it out. Uh, and I, and we haven't even talked about Terry Rozier, who, you know, was on his way to, to a big-time contract, and now he's not even playing in games. 
so it, it's like, okay, you you almost stacked your roster up, and, and this is what can happen, you know, from time to time. Guys not knowing where they're going to get their shot or when they're going to get their minutes. Uh, or w- once I get in the rhythm, okay, I got to come out because this guy's got to get his time. And, you know, you're just trying to keep everybody happy. And that, that's where it, it really becomes tough. And, uh, you know, between Brad Stevens and, and his staff, like I said, you know, they might have to do something and, and sacrifice somebody. And right now, you know, it's looking like Rozier, but you might even have to sacrifice another guy, you know, as far as minutes played and, and things of that nature, just to have better cohesion. Um, obviously, you know, Kyrie is a talent, one of the top point guards in, in the league. But now, how, how much of Kyrie's playing has allowed for Jason Tatum to regress? You know, th- this is a guy, right. Jason Tatum, we were talking about last year uh, during this time as he was the next one, m- myself included. And and now, you know, he's being mentioned in, in, in a in an afterlight almost. And, and you know, I, I get it. You know, having Kyrie back and Kyrie dominates the ball and, and, and things of that nature. But, you know, there were so many things that went right for the Celtics last year. Uh, you know, I, I think the two injuries, like I stated before, to Haywood and Irving were almost a blessing in disguise for these other guys to step up. But now you see what you get when you have everybody. And if everybody can sacrifice just a little bit, you got you got a great meal. But right now, it's not looking too appetizing. No, nah, not at all. and Not at all. And for you, you know, being a lifelong Knicks fan, you got to kind of hope that things continue to go south for the Boston Celtics. But so, if, you know, because if it does, there's a good chance that Kyrie could get close to home. You know what? I'm like Cedric the Entertainer, man, in Kings of Comedy. We wish. We just wish for you know, y'all know the rest. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, I would love to have Kyrie in, in a in a Knicks uniform. Uh, you know, but sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for. Uh, you know, I, I think you know Kyrie is is like I said, one of the top point guards in the league. But from a superstar standpoint, is he better off being the second guy? And that's right. no knock on him because he he can he can play, man. Uh, uh, trust me. If, if if I had to pick ten out of ten times for my point guard, I'm probably going to take Kyrie. But it, you know, it, it, I think he's a good second option. If I need a bucket, I know he can go get it. Um, but for him to be my main guy, I, I would probably struggle with that. Um, can, can I make my KD pitch now too, or no? <laughs> uh, come on, KD. That that was that was me talking to you, man. If, if you listening to this before you guys get ready for uh, the the Clippers, man, come on, come on now. So um, that that that's that's my take on on Kyrie, man. Just to go back to, to what you were saying, I just think he's a good number two option, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, number two option made Scottie Pippen the Hall of Famer, man. There's nothing wrong with that, for sure. We're talking to Rider University assistant basketball coach. So just so I'm clear, you expect the Milwaukee Bucks to come out of the Eastern Conference? I, I do. Uh, okay. You know, Giannis is, is just playing at, at a high level. Uh, it, you know, I, I've always been a big Eric Bledsoe fan. I, I think what people are seeing now, uh, you know, with Eric Bledsoe, I, I've all, I thought Eric Bledsoe was one of the best players I've seen when he was at Kentucky and got overshined, you know, when, when they had John Wall and, and DeMarcus Cousins and, and those guys. And then, you know, even during his time in, in, in the league, you know, in the Clippers, he just didn't get enough minutes behind Chris Paul. You know, Phoenix, he was starting to get going, and that just didn't work out. So, you know, and now with, with Milwaukee, uh, you know, th- things are going right for him. And, and contract to back it up now, and, and, and he's got – live with it and, and, and play to those expectations. But I, I just think the way that they're playing as a whole, and, and they got the right coach too. Uh, you know, Budenholzer is, is great. You know, he knows what buttons to push. You know, obviously coming from that Spurs organization, you know, 
they're, they're trained in, 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 in how to put teams together. Um, and I think you're seeing that now. You know, I, I thought, like I said earlier, he did a good job in Atlanta uh, with the Hawks, and he's doing it now with, with Milwaukee. Um, you know, so I, I think they're the team to beat in the East. Let's go to the Western Conference. And I look at the Western Conference, and to me it's still about the Golden State Warriors. It's still about, you know, the talent that's on that roster. From, in my opinion, the team that has the best shot to beat the Golden State Warriors is the team that almost beat them last year, and that's the Houston Rockets, who started slow but, you know, ended the season very strong, and they look like one of the better teams in the Western Conference. For me, I look at Houston, Denver, and OKC as the three teams that have a shot to beat the Golden State Warriors. But for me, I give Houston the best shot to beat the Golden State Warriors. How do you see it? I'm going to go in a different direction. And and this might sound crazy, and your, your viewers might hit my Twitter up and, and send me a whole bunch of blasphemous comments. I'm going to say the Utah Jazz have the best chance to beat uh, the Golden State Warriors. Interesting. And I, I say that because I see a lot of the Milwaukee Bucks in them in the sense that they're, they're selfless. You know, nobody's playing to go get theirs. They're playing collectively to win. Uh, and and you, you got a player in, in Donovan Mitchell who, who's a stud. You got uh, Ricky Rubio who, who's finally, you know, living up to when he first got got into the NBA. Uh, you know, Angles is, is a shot maker. And, and then when you got that, that big seven-footer in, in Gobert that can run out instead of ball screen and then roll to the rim hard, you can throw that ball in the air anywhere around the rim. I don't care who you are. That, that's hard to defend. And then on the other end, they do try to defend. Uh, and, you know, Quinn Snyder does a good job with putting those guys in places to be successful both on the offensive end and the defensive end. Uh, and, and, you know, Jay Crowder plays great defense, you know. So just th- those parts, man, that they have, I, I think that they could give, uh, you know, Golden State a-, a run for their money. You know, Grant, they do – play each other uh, in the second round, I, I believe that is. That's if the, the Golden State Warriors, not the Golden State Warriors, that's if the Jazz get by the Rockets. So you expect them to get by the Rockets in the first round? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. I, I, I do. I, I do. And, and I, I'll throw this out there. The Jazz are just so young. They have no idea. They're just playing the play, man, and they playing for each other. And that's huge, it, it, you know. And I know we've all seen the video on, on Twitter with Patrick Beverly showing how to guard uh, Jay Crowder on, on how to guard T.J. Crowder on how to guard James Harden and, and things of that nature. Uh, man, I just love watching the Utah Jazz play. So I, I, I think they do get past Houston um, because let's not forget too, man. Like Houston lost a big part in Trevor Reese. Not being talked about. Huge, huge, huge piece. Huge piece. And, and when we saw Houston struggle this year, I thought that was the reason why. You know, not having that guy that didn't care how he got his points. He knew, okay, if I spot it up at, on the corner three or on the wing three, CP was going to find me. Uh, you know, now you don't have that. So it takes away a guy that can make shots, but then it also takes away a guy on the defensive end that can go guard the other team's best player. And, you know, he was a tall six, seven, six, eight guy that you probably could put on a Donovan Mitchell who, who's only about 6'3", and, and, you know, bump him a little bit and, and use his length to make shots difficult. And now you don't have that. Uh, so I, I, I like Utah to upset Houston in, in that uh, first round. Wow. That's big. That's that's big. I mean, it's a 4-5 matchup, so – you know, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Utah Jazz can beat the Houston Rockets, and the Utah Jazz are a 50-win team. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that that can happen. I don't see it, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> that's the beauty of this whole situation. And that's also the beauty of having a seven-game series in the first round because at the end of the day, you're 
you're going to see in a seven-game series, the best team usually wins. So we'll see how this whole thing plays out. So, end of the day, even though you have the Utah Jazz beating the Rockets and ultimately facing the Golden State Warriors in the second round, do you see anybody dethroning the Golden State Warriors? No. (laughs) (laughs) I I can say all I want about Utah, and and I I think they would give the Warriors a good run for their money. But when you got three guys that can go get a bucket the way Steph Curry can, the way Clay Thompson can, the way KD can, uh, you know, sidebar again, KD, we can use you in New York, man, if you're listening to this at some point. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm playing Cedric the Entertainer. I'm wishing. Uh, you know, but just those three guys, you know, alone, man, and obviously, you know, Draymond doing what he does. As, as the fourth guy to, to their puzzle, uh, it, it's just tough, man. It, it, it's really just tough to to beat those guys four times in any series. For sure. And and it's hard for me to see any team beating the Golden State Warriors if healthy. And I and when I mean healthy, I mean all the parts. You know, all the parts, including an Iguodala. All the parts. Because we saw last year Andre Iguodala – I mean, the team, you know, had some struggles. So, you know, I mean everybody, everybody in the mix. So let me ask you this. Going to a team that didn't make the playoffs, the Los Angeles Lakers, I mean, coming into this season, I was the guy who thought that them not making the playoffs was possible. I mean, I was – and I tweeted it out maybe the first week of the season after watching this basketball team. I didn't think the playoffs – I thought they would miss the playoffs. But I'll also say this. If LeBron would have stayed healthy, I think they they would have got it. If LeBron would have stayed healthy, they would have got it. But it didn't happen. But ultimately, they fired Luke Walton today, and Magic Johnson stepped down as president of basketball operations. It was a crazy situation. It was an odd situation. Some of what Magic is saying in terms of, you know – he wants to be magic again. He just wants to live his best life again. He just wants to be happy. But I also think a part of magic thought and believed that maybe he could not bring a title back to Los Angeles with LeBron James moving forward. I think a part of magic may have thought that, but I could be wrong. What are your thoughts on that situation? Uh, I'm a, before I go into my thoughts, uh, shout out to Robert Abbott. Robert, if you're listening to this, I know you guys at ESPN are working on this uh, Chicago Bulls uh, 30 for 30 uh, last run. If y'all wanted some ratings, I think that they should have did something with the Lakers this year because uh, we would have watched. You know, for sure, we see everything that uh, you know that they report on, on these different sports shows, but. If we had a, you know, behind-the-scenes look, ESPN, your ratings would have went through the roof. I just want to say that. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I, I think, you know, in, in our society, we get so caught up in the legacy that, that we're leaving uh, that I think Magic kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, now, do I agree with the way he went about doing things? No, but I'm Marlon Gill. That's Magic Johnson. Who's going to tell him otherwise? Um, you, you know, but but you're also right. I, I think LeBron's injury had a big thing to do with that. Uh, I think what was that Christmas that they that he ended up having a groin injury? Was the Christmas yep. Day game, if I'm not mistaken. And you know, to see him miss what was it, 20 plus games, that's unheard of, man. And, and you figure in those 20 games. That's really when you get rolling right after, you know, that, that Christmas New Year break, uh, you know, going into All-Star break and then going into the end of the season. So you figure that those 20 games, if they could have had LeBron and, and you, you go even 13 and 7, 15 and 5 during that stretch, and then, you know, you start to play your best basketball after the All-Star break, we're talking about them in, in the playoffs. Uh, and then you had the Anthony Davis uh, fiasco that, that didn't work out 
all those things, all those distractions, I don't care who you are, man, it's going to be hard for you to just focus on on a game. And I get that people will say, but these guys are making X amount of dollars and life is great. But at the end of the day, they're still regular people too. They have feelings. So, you know, it's like uh, it's like us, man, When or I'll say me, you know, because ESPN loved you. They didn't like me. <laughs> so it was like when, when, when I'm on a roll today, man. Um, <laughs> you know, when when they asked me to walk away, it was like, damn, you guys, that's what y'all think of me? Okay, cool. So I'm going to go forward to different lane for myself. And, you know, if ESPN was to ever call me back, PG, they'd have to double the salary. Just put that <laughs> out there. Um, I, I know my worth now. <laughs> Uh, so you know, I, I really think that that's that's just what it was, man. If they could limit the distractions at some point next year, but at the same time, this is Los Angeles we're talking about. Um, the only thing that matters is championships. Um, you know, so it, it, it'll be interesting. You know, I I heard you touch on they let go of Luke Walton today. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see who the next coach is. I'm, I'm guessing. Ty Lue and Jason Kidd will get some consideration. Um, it, it, you know, and I think I'm a big Ty Lue fan. So if if, if he gets on as, as the next head coach, man, I, I'd be interested to see what the Lakers could do. Yeah, I, I would like to see Ty Lue get another job. And, and to me, that would seem like the perfect job for him. He knows LeBron. He's dealt with LeBron. He's won with LeBron. So I, I think to your point, it would be, and he's a former Laker, so I think it would work. But I look at this Lakers situation and obviously the Anthony Davis situation and how that worked out or how that played out, that hurt the situation in Los Angeles. It did. But I look at this team and I'm wondering, you know, LeBron's 34 years old, missed 20-plus games this year. You know, he's only going to get older. He's not going to get younger. He's going to get older. And he's going to slow down at some point. So unless, and, you know, it's not a guarantee that they can get their hands on a Durant, on a Butler, on a Leonard. There's no guarantee that it happens. So if all things being the same and and if the Lakers don't get a free agent in this offseason, there's no way – LeBron can win a title in the Western Conference. I don't think I don't see him winning again. And I'm going to say I don't see LeBron winning again. I could be wrong because you never know what could happen in Golden State, especially if Kevin Durant leaves. That changes things. So it's definitely, you know, it's not a guarantee. It's not a cinch that LeBron won't win again. But I'm not so sure they're going to get that big-time free agent. You could argue the Clippers might be in a better uh, situation, may have a better shot to get some of these big-time free agents. Let me ask you this. LeBron James, end of the day, do you think he gets another chip? Ooh, I I don't know, man. I I don't know. Uh, You know, with with all the points you brought up, all valid points, you know who's going to want to go there. That, that that's the thing, because uh, because clearly, you know the the roster they have now isn't a championship roster. Um, you know maybe seven eight seed at, at best. So Rob Palenka, Jeannie Buss, they got a lot of work to do. Um, which I'm looking for work. So if they want <laughs> to, they can call me. I I can help you out. You know, we can talk to Ryder. I think they'll say it's okay, too. We can all work together. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. You know, all, all jokes aside, it, it'll be interesting to see who wants to go to Los Angeles to, uh, you know, be a part of history. It, it's certain organizations, man, that, you know, they don't sell just for anything. I think what we're seeing with the Lakers, what we're seeing with the Celtics, what we've seen with, with the Knicks in the past, you know, certain standards are set for certain teams, and whether it's fair or not fair, 
when you come in there, you, you have to live up to those standards. So, and you know, in, in today's day and age, let's be honest, not a lot of people like certain standards that are set high. You know, I, I think that, that that's going to be important. Like who wants to challenge themselves to go say, hey, I want to be a part of this and try to fix this? So it, it'll definitely be interesting. Definitely. I I mean, let me ask you this. If LeBron doesn't bring a title to Los Angeles, because, you know, like you said, the Lakers, Celtics, those teams are about winning championships. Anything short of that is uncivilized, as you used to say in that commercial many years ago. But those two teams are about titles. And if LeBron doesn't win a title in Lakerland, I mean, you know, Kobe won a title, Shaq, you know, Magic, Jerry, the list goes on and on. LeBron was come was brought to Los Angeles to win a title. It's going to be a big time disappointment, especially not making the playoffs in year one. It's going to be a big time disappointment if he doesn't win a title with the Lakers. I I, I don't know about that, man. I, I don't know because you brought up a good point with mentioning all those great names. They all had a, a number two guy that was pretty damn good too. True. Uh, who, who's LeBron's number two guy right now? Rajon Rondo. <laughs> that, that's so, the issue, and, Kuzma. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know Kuzma, great talent. Don't get me wrong, uh, but Kuzma's a great third, fourth guy for me. You know, Brandon Ingram, great third, fourth guy for me before he, he got hurt. You, you know, so. Who who are the guys who's and you harped on it? Who's the guy that's gonna want to come there and and say you know what, LeBron and I we can do this together, and, right. and m- maybe we see this, maybe we see LeBron be the number two. How about that? That I mean, let me ask you this: so if a guy like KD comes to Los Angeles, LeBron's gonna be thirty four, thirty five years old. 34 now, be 35. I think, to your point, LeBron would have to be a number two guy if a guy like KD goes. Even maybe if a guy like Kawhi Leonard goes. I mean, you have a point. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I, I'll say this. There's no knock on Kawhi. LeBron's not playing number two to him. Kevin Durant, <laughs> there'll be some nights. LeBron will just sit down and say, you know what? Young fella, go to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I don't even know if we can call Kevin Durant a young fella anymore, but Katie, go to work. <laughs> it's definitely going to be interesting to see what the Lakers do. In this offseason, if they don't get a free agent, because that's what they have to do. If they don't get a free agent, if they strike out, it's going to be tough. And, and almost they would have to make a decision – about LeBron James in terms of trying to possibly trade LeBron James. Because I think you can't, if you're not getting a big-time free agent, you can't trot this team out there. Because this team, I think a healthy LeBron James gets them to the playoffs. But that's it. And that's not okay in Lakerland. So I think if they don't get a big-time free agent, as crazy as this sounds, I really do think they need to think about trading LeBron James. Hey, I don't know. New York has New York has hopefully the number one pick. We're interested. <laughs> so if you're the Knicks, you would trade the number one overall pick for a guy that some have compared to LeBron James. I don't necessarily agree with that comparison, but you would trade the number one overall pick if you're the New York Knicks for LeBron James. And I'm going to play a GM here for a second. It would have to be a lot of moving parts. Uh, If if I knew that I was getting LeBron and, let's say, a a KD, I'd do it. That's interesting because – I do yeah, I think that's tough. You're talking about a guy in Zion Williamson who could be, some believe, a generational talent. 
And then you have a situation, a guy LeBron James who will be who is older, but to your point, Kevin Durant's thirty years old. That window's only going to be open so long. I give KD another seven years. I give KD okay. another seven at, okay. at a high level. Another seven. So thirty-seven you could, to thirty-seven, you can still see him playing at an elite level. Yeah. How many years? How many elite years does LeBron James have? I give him two. Two. Okay. Two. So if I think if we're going, if we're saying that Kevin Durant has at least four to five elite years left. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think you can make that deal. But well, let me ask you this. Zion Williamson, you know, you're a college coach. You've seen him. Generational talent. How do you see him? Uh, you know what? I, I, I'll say this. He's, for me, uh, this generation's version of a combination of Rodney Rogers, Jamal Mashburn, in my opinion. That's um, my generation. Well, I, I know, I know, <laughs> I, I know, I know. You know what? Generational at the college level, okay. uh, and, and I'm showing my age a little bit. Uh, and, and the reason why I, I say that is, you know. He, he's undersized, in, in my opinion, to be a four in, in the league, uh, in, in the NBA. And how can he move laterally on the defensive and the guard force, um, you know, and, and in the paint on, on the perimeter now? Okay, some might say he's a three. But you got to be able to move your feet to guard a three. At, at 285, you know, his 285 is a little different from LeBron's 270. It's a big difference, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, so if he trims down a little bit, he, he may have a chance. Um, you know, the, the thing that, that I do like about him is that he loves to play, uh, you, you know, loves to compete. And, and those are things that are often uh, questioned about today's players. Do they love the game? I, I think he loves the game. Uh, so I, I hope that, you know, he can continue to get better, obviously, now. You know, you move on to, to the pros, and it's all basketball all the time. Uh, there's no distraction of class, uh, you know, other things that you have to do in college. Now now you're going, and this is just hooping 24-7. How does he handle that? How, how does he get better? So I, I think that, that those things will be the remaining factors to – how good Zion Williamson can be moving forward to the NBA. But now I, I'll, I'll throw this to you. John Morant, I'm all sold. I'm a big-time John Morant fan. Are you a bigger Morant fan than you are a Zion Williamson fan? I'm going uh, – um, I am. Huh? I am. To me, he, he lived up to the hype all year. From game one to losing to Florida State in the NCAA tournament, John Moran was consistent all year. Like, there was no doubt that he was coming in looking for names and faces. Okay, I have to go with you. You're going to see what I'm going to give you tonight. Big time John Moran fan. All right. Let me ask you this. If, if you're a general manager and you pass on a Zion Williamson, can you pass on a Zion Williamson if you're a general manager in the NBA? You cannot. Unfortunately, right. because you you wouldn't hear about it, and, and when you leave this earth, that would be on your tombstone, the person that passed on Zion Williamson. So you're almost better off on Zion Williamson being wrong than you being right and not taking him, if that makes sense. Right. Right, and that, and that, that should be the thing. And Morant might be the better talent, might be the better prospect. But if you're a GM and you pass on Zion Williamson, and he turns into the guy that many think he could be, it's a problem. It would be a problem for you moving forward. And also, in terms of the box office, 
you know, Zion Williamson has box office appeal. He was the biggest name in college basketball. That's all we heard about in college basketball was Zion Williamson. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, depending on what team gets the number one pick, how they proceed. I'm very, very interested. And it should be – I can't wait. I definitely can't wait. So, end of the day, before we get out of here, end of the day, who's winning the NBA title? I'm going to go to Golden State Warriors, man, until somebody can figure out how to stop four guys. I'm going with Golden State, man. Uh, and I'm just going to be happy to say that I witnessed them win four in a row. Okay. All right. So it's, it's, I, I, I want to disagree with you. You know, God knows I want to disagree with you. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's it's hard. It's hard to disagree, especially if they're healthy. If they're healthy, I, I can't see a, a team that's out there that can beat the Golden State Warriors. I can't see it. I do think the Milwaukee Bucks do match up well against them. I do think the Philadelphia 76ers match up well against the Golden State Warriors. But I don't think those teams, or I don't think the Golden State Warriors can be beaten four times in a seven-game series. I don't see it. I could be wrong, but I don't see it. So I'm with you. I agree. Before we get out of here, your rider, Bronx, you guys, had a decent season. Didn't, you know, didn't go where you wanted to go, but were you happy with how things – obviously you're not happy, but were you okay with how things ended at rider this season? Uh, yes and no. I mean, you know, like you said, it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. Obviously, the success we had, you know, the year before, you know, and and leading into this year, a lot of expectations that that we didn't meet. But at the same time, I thought we learned a lot of how it is when you're you're the hunted, you know. Um, So I think next year, everybody knows what to expect. Uh, you know, our, our mindset has to be right like, like it was, I, I thought, this year. Uh, you know, there were just some nights where the ball just didn't bounce our way when it did the year before. Um, you know, we, we went through a little rough stretch in the middle of the year where we lost five in a row, and and, and I, we must have pissed off the basketball gods somewhere because that, it, it was a rough time, dark place, but, you know, we got out of it to uh, – you know, end the season with a little momentum and, you know, we just ran into a good Siena team at the time of uh, our conference tournament. But, um, you know, since the season's been over, the guys have been in the gym working to get better and, uh, you know, try to do this thing again next year. Sounds good. Marlon, appreciate it, man. We got these playoffs. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. And it's going to be, you know, there's some suspense this time around, something we didn't have the past few years. So if you like suspense, most people like suspense. They'll definitely like these NBA playoffs. Should be a fun, man. Can't wait to talk to you again about it. Nah, no problem, man. As always, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Take care. So, NBA playoffs are pilots. Mike Marlin said, I can't disagree with him. I do think the Golden State Warriors will win again, but I think the team that they will beat will be the Toronto Raptors. I just think Toronto has the best I just like Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard's one of the best players in the Eastern Conference. If not the best in in the Eastern Conference. I know Giannis is having a big time year, but Kawhi is Kawhi. And I just like Toronto. I like that team, they're battle-tested on some level. They've been together from top to bottom. They're deep. I think they beat Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I do think they lose to the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. But no matter what happens, it's going to be a lot of fun. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com, where you can listen to it. BlackTalkRadio.com slash PGAN, or you can listen to this show and other great shows. Also, listen to the show on iHeart.com, 
Just look up the word go for it, G-O-4-I-T, G-O the number four I-T. I mean, goforradio.com, many different places where you can check out this show. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Take care and bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.